Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Stump Plane Podcast. And, folks, Happy New Year. Uh, I know I said that last episode, but it is our second episode, or 2021 episode of this year. So, uh, we are halfway through January. It's been a really not that great of a year, but... um, Still, it's uh, been fun. I just get to do a lot of podcasts and um, things like that. You know, it's it's really fun. So, everybody, we are continuing our mini-series. And this week, we're going to talk about the Curtis P-40 Warhawk. The aircraft is an American single-engine, single-seat, all-metal fighter, ground-attack, and air-attack aircraft. Developed and used back in World War II, was the aircraft was a motivation of the per of the previous Curtis of the Curtis P thirty six Hawk, which reduced development and and enabled a rapid entry into production in the operational service. The aircraft way is the aircraft wingspan is thirty seven feet its top speed is over it's learned about three hundred sixty miles per hour and um the engine type is a reprocting engine um radial engine x p forty six and then the max manufacturer is curtis wright manufacturer so Everybody, this is going to be a really fun episode, so uh, let's get into it right now. So, everybody, how are you guys uh, all doing? I know we haven't uh, talked in a couple of weeks. Today is Monday. I thought about releasing this earlier because no school, obviously, because Martin Luther King Day. But I changed my mind. I still wanted it to be at um, 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time. So that's going to be a fun um episode. So as you know, the Blue Angels are still in winter training right now. They're still in El Centro for another week of uh, another week of winter training, which is a really fun um site to uh be at. And so everybody, we're going to um Folks, we are going to take a look at a a Curtis TP-40 with a guy named Kermit Weeks. He is going to tell us all about the P-40 Warhawk. That's the guy's YouTube channel. I don't know if what the other pilot's name is. You guys will find out in the, um, you guys will find out in the video. So, everybody, I hope you guys enjoy the video and, uh, we'll see you after. collection of 36 airplanes back in 1985 and uh, this airplane was used in uh, a couple of movies it was used in Tora 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 it was always also used in a uh, a great film called Death Race 
uh, had Lloyd Bridges in it. It was about, he was a tank commander, I think, and uh, a couple other people in there, uh, Roy Thines and uh, Eric Braden. And anyway, this is the only, to my knowledge, dual control factory built during the World War II era P-40 on the planet. It's a TP. T stands for trainer version. Uh, it's got a full set of controls in the back. Uh, of course, it replaced the, normally the single seat version has the fuel tank there, but we got a drop tank that hangs on the little bomb shackle at the bottom there uh, if we want to go any long distances. But basically, uh, the only thing that uh, you don't have back there, I think, is flaps and landing gear. Uh, there was an instructor mirror that actually bolted up to here. We've got one. We found one. Somebody thought it was a like a truck mirror. And, uh, oh, my God, we ended up with it. The problem is when I fly with it, it puts a bit bad buffet on the tail. So, you know, we took a couple of pictures with it, but it's just not very pleasant to fly with. So, anyway, um, it's a great airplane. If you get a chance, get that uh, Death Race movie. Uh, they filmed it, I think, up in Mojave. They had minimum actors. There was probably a very, very low-budget film because they were all in L.A. They just flew the airplane up there, landed in the desert. It was basically a... A tank Panzer commander chasing uh, a P-40 pilot around that had a coolant leak, and he couldn't fly very far, and then the tank would follow him, and anyway, you can imagine what happens in the end. So anyway, so we're going to start, uh, you know, basically here, and, uh, you know, just kind of check everything. P-40 has a uh, propensity to uh, have... stacks on these kind of butterfly ones so we always tap those and, and you get a thud if it doesn't really uh, you know it's not very strong uh, external power thing if you wanted to plug in an APU there this is the the landing gear indicator for the left gear I'm just looking here make sure all the lines everything's okay no leaks, tires look pretty good, uh, nothing unusual. Of course, on the P-40, the lanyard goes back and basically rotates 90 degrees to go up. Uh, they generally take a significant amount of time. You actually look on the belly here, there's uh, some sway braces go on here, and there's uh, this is where we actually hang. I've got a 75-gallon drop tank that clips to this. You could also take a bomb shackle, you know, hang a bomb there as well. But the sway braces go there. And if I go any kind of a cross-country, put the drop tank on. This also could carry bombs out here. It's got some interesting little sway braces that we haven't uh, got on there because we haven't really put a bomb on there. But basically, you could put up to a, probably a 500-pound bomb on there. And what slides in here, actually, believe it or not, is like freaking pieces of plywood. That's your actual sway brace. So when they drop them, the plywood just flies away. Of course, it's got six uh, 50 caliber machine guns, three on each side, looking for, you know, dings and leading edges. I already took the pedo cover off. We always cover up here in Florida to keep the mud daubers from making nests in them. Uh, P-40, obviously, was a much earlier de development than the Mustang. And P-47s, of course, there's later. The ailerons are fabric. In fact, all the controls are fabric. Um, this has a, doesn't have a boost tab on it. It's just strictly a, a trim tab for trimming out the uh, the lateral deal, and it's actually electric. 
uh, flaps are just drooped slightly because the hydraulic pressure off. This is the flap indicator. There's like three different colors, green, yellow, and red, I think. And when I get in the cockpit, I'll show you how it works because it's got a hand pump system plus a, uh, uh, you know, a, a electrical hydraulic pump that uh, operates it. Um, this is the back here. Check the battery and all that kind of stuff. We'll check the rear cockpit out a little bit later. Checking the tailwheel. You know, all back here just looking for dings and scratches. Fabric there. That's pretty good. Same with the rudder. And again, the trim tab is strictly, uh, it's not a boost or an anti-servo tab. Same thing here on the on the elevator. It's just strictly a trim tab. Uh, the TP40N or the N models were slightly longer than the early versions, like the E. Uh, of course, uh, has the Allison engine. It's an American design, and uh, it was this was really one of the mainstay airplanes at the beginning of the war. And the British Purchasing Commission came over and they said, "Build us everything you can get." Uh, aside well, we got the flap thing on the other side to the indicator. Aterons. Again, fabric covered. See the bomb shackle up there. Just looking around for dings and everything's looking pretty good. We've got all the guns in here too, but it's a real pain to get under there and pop all these little things off there. But basically, you know, we've got fake machine guns in there and uh, there might be some dummy ammo as well. Um, same thing here, just looking for leaks, lines, everything looks good. Um, the house flaps actually are manual. You actually, there's a big lever uh, in the cockpit that runs these up and down. Your pilot just basically watches the, the, the temps. Of course, this chin scoop here, which the P-40 is famous for, is uh, holds, that's the oil radiator, the middle bottom one, and then the two coolant radiators. Want to know where to invest $1,000 right now? Hi, Rex Moore with The Motley Fool. And if you know us, you know how famous we are for finding these massive technological trends and then finding stocks that can benefit in an explosive way. Stocks like Amazon and the e-commerce revolution, our recommendation up over 20,000%. Or Netflix and the streaming trend up 26,000%. Or booking holdings and the online travel explosion up over 8,000%. All with our calm, long-term, diversified investing approach. We sleep well at night, and we want you to as well. So what are we seeing today that might be the next big world-changing trend? Well, it's 5G, which, if our thesis holds up, could be right here, somewhere around this important inflection point. And that would mean it's potentially poised to explode with opportunity and I think it could be a great place to invest $1,000 right now. But of course, you have to ask, well, which stock? To answer that, let's think about why 5G appears to be such a game changer and talk a bit more about this concept of an inflection point. Now, this chart shows you how some tech sectors like e-commerce accelerated like a rocket just a few months ago off an inflection point that was the beginning of the lockdown. We call such an inflection point Phase 2, when stock gains that previously took more than a decade of painstaking work are achieved in just weeks of time. We've seen this happen before, and in a more predictable manner, 
when new technology like the internet and smartphones hit their own rocket-like phase two inflection points. They're amazing charts, aren't they? The gains by investors taking advantage could have been phenomenal. Which brings me to the reason for this message to you today. I think 5G is sitting about right here for one good reason. It's all because of Apple announcing their first ever 5G iPhones. And so while maybe you've heard about 5G and bits and pieces before, it's now moving into the mainstream, and experts predict it could potentially reach 18-fold growth in 2020 alone and eventually impact $13.2 trillion in global sales on an annual basis. The numbers behind its potential are simply massive. By mid-next decade, it's estimated that 5G could enable sales that are 70 times greater than all of big data sales in 2019 and 22 times greater than sales from all of e-commerce last year. This appears to be a game changer for investors. But what to invest in? Well, believe me, I think you could do a lot worse with your $1,000 than investing it in Apple. In fact, consider that a gift to you, a free stock pick that is a current recommendation in many of our services. But while you consider Apple, here is the twist, and one I think is great for small investors like us. While a lot of people are eyeing some of the more obvious names like Apple or Samsung, Verizon, etc., Here's why I think the smart money is doing something different, and that's homing in on smaller stocks that are out of the public eye and that serve the 5G industry in a unique way that few, if any, can replicate. In other words, as smaller companies, they have much more room to grow than Apple, which is up over 2,000% since David first recommended Motley Fool members buy shares. The problem is, Apple's market cap would have to grow to larger than the entire GDP of the United States if it were to increase by that amount again. Fortunately, Motley Fool co-founders Tom and David Gardner and their team of experts have their fingers on the pulse of 5G, and they've identified one under-the-radar California company that's cleverly positioned itself with its unique business model and technology. It's a company that can benefit no matter who wins among the big carriers I just mentioned. Now, you'll rarely hear the talking heads in the financial media mention this company in connection with 5G, which is even better for us, because it's quietly making moves that could see its stock rocket ahead as 5G goes mainstream. If you're wondering why you should trust Tom and David and their Motley Fool Stock Advisor team, their actual verified results may help. In fact, their ability to spot tech trends before they take off speaks for itself. Perhaps you've heard about some of their early calls on AOL, a 100-bagger, and the huge gains in Amazon.com and Netflix that I told you about earlier. But maybe not their more recent recommendations like the ones you're seeing here. The bottom line is that Motley Fool Stock Advisor is beating the S&P 500's returns by an incredible 4 to And uh, this has a Curtis Electric prop on it, three-bladed prop. Spinner looks good. And I'll explain the Curtis Electric prop. Uh, instead of using hydraulic pressure, basically, to adjust the pitch angle of the blades, it uses an electric motor in here. 
And uh, it's kind of interesting because you can actually move the propeller on the ground because it's just an electric motor. And there's a governor in there that basically, uh, you know, allows you to adjust the RPM that you want. Okay, so everything looks good. On the outside, I've already sumped it. It's full of fuel. Uh, all the fluids are up and checked. I want to show you something in the back here. A little bit hard for me to see. This is really cool. We hosted an AVG reunion here one time. I just want to make sure the seat belts are all tied up, which I did earlier. I want to make sure that there's no way you can jam those controls, so that's good. But anyway, I got a chance. We did an AVG reunion here at Fantasy of Flight, and I got a chance to take five of the original Flying Tigers up, the original ones. I got them all to sign the seat. It says, may the spirit of the AVG Flying Tigers be with whomever flies in this seat. We got Bob Lair, Peter Wright, Charlie Bond, mm -hmm. Dick Rossi, and the highest time P-40 Flying Tiger ace of all time, 16 kills Tex Hill. He was a really great friend of mine. Just kind of take a quick look at the cockpit back here. It's got a full panel, full of controls. It's got trim, throttle. Like I said, it just doesn't have the landing gear or the... Uh, the, uh, the flaps, and then in the back here, you see the battery, kind of looking at the back of the hydraulic tank and stuff, you know, so anyway, so we're going to go ahead and just close this, make sure it's closed, that's good, okay, and then uh, we've got uh, cockpit here, of course you can see all the way through back there, um, let me throw a helmet up here. Parachute is the cushion. Get in on first. Got one for the chest. Two crotch straps. That's the parachute. All the World War II airplanes, they got bucket seats pretty much. Okay, so that's the parachute. I'm going to put on the Seat belt, shoulder harnesses over first, and we tighten the lap belt first. So that's the right shoulder harness, the left one, and then the left lap belt connects in like so. Okay, if you want to get out, you go like that. That's latching it. Always tighten down the lap belt first. That's nice and snug. And we do the shoulder harnesses. And the shoulder harnesses, basically, they, uh, they're locked right now. I can't move forward. But over here on the left, you'll see there's a little lever right there. And if I push that back, now I can, I can lean forward. You can hear the springs there. So go ahead and lock that. Why is it not locking? Oh, there we go. I didn't pull it hard enough. Okay, so that's locked. Always zero the altimeter in case I'm flying around here locally. I know where the ground is. Okay, so in the P-40, um, here's the flap handle. That's down. That's neutral. That's up. And uh, there's a lever over here that you can actually hand pump, okay? 
uh, if you're on the ground or you've got an emergency. And so to put the flaps down, I put that in the down position. And as I pump this handle, okay, over here, you can look and see the only flap indicator is out there on the wing. And the first, the green part is 15 degrees. The yellow part is 30. And then the red part goes down to full flap, which is 45 degrees. And then it'll get hard here. There we go. So I can't pump it anymore. So that means they're down in lock, so I could go back to neutral on the flaps when I'm flying. I'll go ahead and pump this up. Pump that. You see the gauge out there? It's hard, so I can go back to neutral. And of course, here's the landing gear. You have to knock this little latch out of here to be able to move it up or down. Uh, to go down, you can push it down, but to go up, you actually have to push that lever. So on takeoff, I grab it like this, and I actually hit my thumb like that to move that little lever. And then I pull the handle up, kind of backhanded is the only way I can do it. And uh, when the airplane's flying, it's got a, it's got a, uh, uh, an engine-driven hydraulic pump. And it basically uh, is electrically operated. And there's a little switch here on the stick right there with your pinky. Okay, now watch this. I'll turn on the battery. Okay. Now, if I want to put the flaps in, if I pull this, you'll hear the, the pump go. Okay. So when I'm flying and I, and I want the flaps to go down, push the gear handle or the flap handle down, I'll pull this little trigger. Now watch the flaps. When you hear it squeal like that, you know it's up, or it's, it's at the full extension. So I got the flap handle up. Here we go, trigger. Okay, that's how the flaps work. Um, and then the gear is the same way. So there's no pressure on the hydraulic system while you're flying unless you're actually cycling it. And, uh, of course, it takes a long time for the gear to come up because it comes back rotates 90 degrees. I mean, some of the P-40s, when you watch them take off, you wonder if it's ever going to go up. Okay, so quick little cockpit check here. Flap handles in neutral. This is the, the tank release. There's a belly tank if we need it, but that's how you would release it if you had to. Um, and uh, got the elevator trim here, and we usually set it for takeoff, which is one degree nose up. There's zero, that's neutral. Take off TO there. Okay, here's the rudder. I usually leave it about one degree nose right, and it hardly ever changes. It's uh, the P51, you're always adjusting the rudder trim on the P40. It's not a big deal. Um, so basically, we got plenty of fuel. I fueled it the other day and uh, just taxi it around a little bit, is all. This over here is the uh, for the cow flaps, okay? So you pull this little, it's like a big tractor deal. You pull that thing with my thumb, and then I can adjust this. There's little serrated notches in there, and I can leave it, and it'll lock, you know, so the air doesn't blow it back. And basically, you know, you uh, take off, you land with the cow flaps wide open, and not only do you, in the chin scoop there, you got the, the oil cooler that's down at the bottom, but then you got the two big radiators that are, uh, you know, up in the side there and uh and what you do is once you take off you basically just uh cruise around a little bit you know you kind of let the temp settle in and you pretty much just let this thing go to trail wherever it feels good maybe close it one notch then you just leave it there and then you watch the temp so i've got the coolant temp here the oil temp is here and i just watch those two you can't adjust them you just got to kind of take a range that makes them both happy um 
basically uh, as the airspeed right there. Here's your airspeed. That's a rate of climb. I've got a clock. That's our altimeter, like I said, which is zero here for for uh, flying around locally so I know where the ground is. Uh, turn and slip indicator. Compass. Uh, there's a gyro compass. Manifold pressure. This will say how much power the engine's using. We use uh, 52 inches on takeoff and 3,000 RPM. So when I bring the throttle back after takeoff, uh, this will drop. Okay, the RPM will stay the same because it's got a governor. And then as I slowly bring the propeller back, uh, it'll the governor will slowly bring the thing back there. Now on the P40, it's got this Curtis electric prop. And so I've got the battery and the generator on. The electric prop switch is right here. And actually, what you can do is right now it's in automatic with up. And if you flick this down, you basically now have a fixed pitch prop. Wherever the prop was previously set, that's exactly where it's going to stay. And if you want, you can manually increase it or you can manually decrease it, okay? So that's in automatic. Um, if you were going on a cross country and you didn't want to, you know, for some reason had a problem or something uh, and you were all set up for cruise, you could turn that off and basically you'd have a fixed pitch prop. And as you increased and decrease the throttle, the RPM would increase and decrease, you know, like like I said, on a fixed pitch prop. So that's in automatic. And But if we want, right now, if I, you can actually listen to the motor up there. If I decrease this and flip this over here, uh, because right now it's in low pitch, so it's in high RPM, you can listen to it. You can actually hear the motor. I don't know if you can see it, but you actually see the blades turning. Okay, see the blades turning up there? Okay, now I'm going to flick it back to increase. So I'm manual increasing it. Okay, and we'll flip it back to automatic because that's pretty much where we fly. And then we just use the governor uh, propeller level here to uh, set the RPM. Um, that's your uh, manifold pressure, so that's the... Uh, the deal, and of course, right now we're basically 29 and a quarter inches of manifold pressure is uh, what the ambient uh, temp is right now. And uh, when we start up, this will go down to about 15 inches. And as we add power, when we do the run up, we're supposed to use 30 inches of manifold pressure, but in this airplane, it's kind of tail light. And I've found that if I don't have somebody in the backseat, the tail will come up. So uh, the last thing I want to do is pay for a prop that hits the ground. So anyway, so that's that. Um, we'll use probably 27 inches or something to check the mags. We've got our triple pressure gauge here. So we got our oil temp. we got our oil pressure. we got our fuel pressure. And if I turn on the fuel pump uh, right here, you'll see the pressure go up. And you can hear it as well, okay? Uh, coolant temp up top. Uh, a suction gauge for the uh, gyro instruments and carburetor air temp. The carburetor air temp is controlled over here. Right here, this is on cold, so it's actually down. If I wanted to go to carb air hot, I gotta push that in and it goes to the middle setting. So now it's on hot in case you're flying through some rain or clouds or something like that. And if you want filtered air, if you were flying in the desert, it would go up there, so then, then the air would actually come in through some filters. But in Florida here, we pretty much fly with it cold, and that gives you your maximum power. Um, this is uh, the primer, and the P-40 was kind of an early uh, airplane, so it actually 
It just has a manual primer. It takes about a squirt and a half to do that, and then it locks. So you want to make sure that's locked. This is the canopy uh, latch here. So if I want to close the canopy, I either way, anyway, that flips there. That actually allows that to lock into these little holes right here, this little pin. So I can pull it in and close the canopy like that, or I can open it like that. And of course, when we get out of the airplane, you want to make sure you put it like that, because if you move the canopy, see, you inadvertently don't want that little pin to stick in the hole. Otherwise, it is a very tedious job to get the canopy open when nobody's inside the airplane. is what makes a man a man okay everybody uh that was the video on curtis tp40 uh part one walk around tour the kermy cam now folks uh we're gonna do a another one and folks um we are gonna actually break this down into um three parts actually um we're gonna do the curtis uh with cockpit audio they're gonna do the cockpit tour kermy cam and then the cockpit audio kermy cam so folks that will be in the next couple of weeks everybody i hope you guys enjoyed this on the p40 uh warhawk um i was a really fun it's a really fun aircraft and um yeah and uh yeah so this, uh, next week, uh, is, uh, the P-40 Warhawk Part 2 is gonna premiere, uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific Time next week. Everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that, and folks, we will see you next week. Okay, bye bye everyone.